Hi, friend. Hi, friend. I'm Michael Cassidy. And I'm Laura Holloway. And this is the Actors Helpline. Hey, Michael. Uh, Laura. <laughs> I, don't, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> you know, I was thinking there's going to be one of these times when we just don't have anything. And I think, I think, you know, we, we talk on the show a lot about self-acceptance and being where you're at. And I wonder what it would be like for us to just sit here at HQ and just be two people who don't have anything funny to say and just see what happens. Just oh, no. kidding. What if that was what happened that I just started crying? Like if 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 the concept that you and I, when we finally stop trying to be funny, we just start weeping. I, first of all, <laughs> I cry every episode. Second of all, every story you tell about a big moment for you as an actor, someone says something and then you start crying. <laughs> it's like we cry all between the two of us. We are we are talking about crying or crying all the time. How great is crying? I mean, really, you know, when you just have fits of laughter with your friends, those like, oh, my God, can't stop laughing moments yep. that are just the greatest feeling afterwards. Yeah. I feel like that after I cry really well. It's so sad that in this society that we live in, crying is seen so much as weakness or something. Yeah. I find that to be really sad. Because it's so good and necessary. It is as necessary as laughing. Like, you got to hug, you got to laugh, you got to cry. Yeah. To be like That's a person. Right. right? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, I'd like you to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say something that will make you cry. Let's try and make each other cry. Did you... <laughs> Did you, Laura, did you, Laura, ever think at, when you were a young aspiring actor that that crying is such an important part of being an actor? Crying on cue is a phrase that you hear people say. Can you cry on cue? <laughs> I mean, obviously um, I can. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Did you ever have a time, you know, if you were young, like in middle school, I remember thinking like, I think I, think I watched like Goodwill Hunting and when he like loses his shit with Robin Williams, I was like... I could never do that. Like what yeah. I do is fake and what he's doing is real. And that's real acting because now he's crying. Or is that maybe that's more of a male thing because we don't see male. Uh, maybe. I'm trying to think about it. Because women cry all the time. My actress friends who work like nonstop are always like they literally go through and they look for nudity and crying when they look at like offers. They're always like, how much wow. do I have to cry? How naked do I have to get? Yeah. Yeah. And then if they don't cry and they're not naked, they're like, no, thanks. <laughs> um, um that's such an interesting question that I've never thought about I think when I so no well no I think my experience watching people cry <laughs> my experience when I was young watching any actor do anything is like I can do that <laughs> you Truly. turned out to be exactly right Truly. Well, you turned no. out to be right yeah but after like no less than 10 to 15 years of training <laughs> Like I was a hundred percent wrong that I could do any of that shit and make it look like they did because it, they, they make it look so easy. 
Yeah. Like you just said, yeah. I can't do that and make it and really do that. I can only fake do that. They make it look so easy that I was like, nah, I can do that. Obviously, I'll do that right now. And then I usually, if they're crying, I'm crying, right? So I'm like, this is easy. It's like when you listen to a song and you cry by yourself. But then if you try to listen to that song to make yourself cry before a scene, like that shit doesn't work. Yeah. Which is such a good segue. Yeah. Because that you need technique for when it's just yeah. not there. Right? You do need technique. You do need technique for that. You can't, if somebody's like, hey, you got to cry in this scene. I mean, sure, they'll blow a tear stick in your face if you can't do it. Yeah, I love that. I call the acting drops. I'm always like, get the acting drops in. Let's not waste <laughs> any drops. time. Oh, yeah, they're great. But man, I don't need them. So you were right. I am struck by how right you were when you were seven and you were watching Bridges of Madison County or whatever you were watching. And you were like, I can't my girl. do that. My Girl and Steel Magnolias <laughs> oh, were the two movies. My Girl. Brutal. His glasses. Brutal. Can't see without his glasses. <laughs> Oh my God, who's calling? What an opportune time. <laughs> Michael, get it together. Oh Someone's God. calling. Come on, get it together. I can't. <laughs> Caller, I'm so sorry. Hello? Hello, it's Ruthie. And my question or questions um, all revolve around acting classes. How do you find a good acting class in your area, uh, especially if you're somewhere new? What red flags or green flags do you look for when it comes to an acting teacher? Uh, and how do you get the most out of a class once you're in one? Thank you. Thank you, Ruthie. Hey, Ruthie. Full disclosure, I know Ruthie. Ooh, humble brag. She's a lovely human. She sounds lovely. She's every bit as lovely as she sounds and then some. See, it's not that hard, folks. You just leave us a message on the helpline and we just fall in love with you. That's all it takes. We're so easy. I've been in love with Ruthie for years. But yes, now Michael is also in love with Ruthie. Completely in love with her. So she asked three distinct questions. I yep. love them all. And I I think in lists, uh, if that much isn't clear. And so I want to make sure we get to them all. Um, Wait, what's your sign again? Pisces? This is important. I'm interrupting our episode for this. You're a Pisces, okay. right? Yeah. March 20th. Pisces, but I'm on the cusp of You're the cusp, one after it. But you don't know what that or is? Or no, the one before it? I don't know anything. Your what's, March, what's, what's, when's your birthday? Oh my God. I, 20. I shouldn't. Yeah, no, we don't. That's our thing. We don't know each other's birthdays. Don't change it. Okay. But do you, have you ever had your chart done? Do you know what your rising is? Yes. I, I texted my mom once and then Laura Googled it. And was it Virgo? No, I don't. I won't remember. I'm going to find Why out. Why is Virgo the controlling uh, Virgos love a list. Sign? And yes, I'm a Virgo. We love a list. And I, yeah. I would not be surprised if your rising was Virgo. I would also not be surprised if it was Taurus, the bull. Yeah, why? Do bulls love lists? No, they're bulls. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh so mega what? aggro with horns sticking out of my head kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but like cuter. <laughs> like Ferdinand. I'd be like Ferdinand. That's the kind of Taurus I, don't I would I know be. how many people are going to understand that reference. Oh, because we're the first two people to ever have children? There's that bull. You were saying? <laughs> You were saying, just let you talk long enough. <laughs> I totally interrupted you. We're in the middle of answering Ruthie's first question. So first of all, I just want to say that you and I both have experience with acting classes, like one or two nights a week kind of acting classes. Mm -hmm. That's what I think of as an acting class. And then there's conservatory. How to, And I think how to pick a conservatory program or an undergraduate program with acting training is a separate episode. A full-time program. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Yeah. This is about how to find a, a part-time acting class. 
And for those of you who don't know what actually happens in an acting class, they generally fall into two camps. There's a lot of gray area, but I would say that most acting classes are either what's called scene study, which is that the students put up a prepared scene from a play or a TV show or movie that they're interested in. And then there's some conversing about what took place in the scene or more of a technique class. So they're working on this kind of, uh, vocal exercise, or they're working on this kind of uh, memory exercise, or they're, uh, you know, things of that nature. And classes can do both things simultaneously. It's it's not an either or, but um, a lot of what I think of when I think of an acting class, and a lot of the stuff I have to say in this episode has to do with sort of that kind of shorthand, scene study, technique, stuff, words like that. So I just wanted to call that stuff out. I would say the the thing that came up for me, how to pick an acting class, is um, all my favorite acting studios have always, yours included, offer auditing so that you can just go to the studio and watch a class. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's I would highly recommend, if, if you don't know anybody, if you're new in town, you don't know anybody, I would suggest you Google and then audit. And I would suggest that you audit as many places as, as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So go and get a big, nice, big sample size. And I would, when you're there, we'll get into red flags and green flags, but when you're there at the studio, I would pay as much attention to the teacher's teaching style as I would to the quality of work. One of my green flags is I would encourage you to work with actors who are so good that they are, their work in the class is intimidating to you. I would suggest to somebody, if they're, if they're a, you know, moderately to very trained actor and they move to a new city and they're looking for an acting class, I would say the perfect place to put that actor is a place where they're like, yo, everybody here is good. Am I good enough to be here? I would say pick that place independent of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, Being around people who are super good is super useful. Yeah. See what the best fit is for you. It's like Mm -hmm. going on a date and then getting married to the person. You know what I mean? It's like, go on a few dates and see, because there are different styles that people have. And you might like two or three of them, but gravitate more towards one. Or you might go, hey, I want to be here for a few months and go to this other place for a few months. And I think that's really valuable to have that experience as well. Different teachers. So Mm -hmm. definitely make sure you audit as many places as you can before you make the decision would be my best piece of advice on how to choose a class. One of the red flags, this is going to be highly controversial, but one of the red flags I think when I audit an acting class is cameras in a scene study. If there are cameras in a scene study, I'm wary because unless we're shooting in in the manner that you're going to be shooting when you shoot on a job, I don't believe that's serving me. Hmm. And that's a caveat. There are scene studies out there that shoot that way. And I think that can be really useful. But if I'm not shooting in that way, then all I'm doing is recording a performance. And I don't go to acting class to perform. I go to rehearse and I go to practice tools and exercises and ultimately fail, right? And for me, as soon as that camera's on, my ego's involved. I want it to look great. I want it to be perfect. I want to show other people afterwards. Like That's just who I am as a a person. And And I believe a lot of actors are. So for me, you know, that's a bit of a red flag for me. It doesn't mean it's a stop sign, but it means really let's look at how this is being used as a tool. Is it going to help me grow? Because if it's shot in a wide, the whole thing, like now I'm just filming a stage performance, you know? So that can be a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah. And along those lines, a lot of these acting studios turn into cults and Mm. 
you know, it's not necessarily the teacher. It might just be some group of the students who sort of are like, once you're in, you can't leave and that, that kind of stuff. And so one of my sort of um, tips for how to get the most out of it, her third question is to remind yourself always, it's sort of this two-step in my experience with acting class where you want to connect with the people that you're there with because you, you, especially if you're in a city other than LA and New York, you might be with your people in a way that you are mm-hmm. not anywhere else in mm-hmm. the city. You might work mm-hmm. at a you know company that doesn't have any actors in it and you might do this mm-hmm. for a day job and yada, yada, yada. So you're with your people and you love your people and it's very exciting, but you are still there paying your money for professional development. And Mm -hmm. so you have to balance that when things go sideways, you know, when Mm -hmm. the head of the Mm -hmm. acting studio starts sleeping with the younger uh, uh, actresses or when they, you know, there's, there's so much garbage that we don't need to get into. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, One of the red flags that I wanted to say is I, I have two main red flags that sort of go to how to pick and all these other questions that she has. The first red flag is abuse. Mm hmm. Abuse does mean different things for different people. I know that may be an unpopular opinion, but I I have like, I have always been drawn to people who say it like it is and Mm -hmm. who are probably called abusive or mean by someone else. And Mm. I have found those people. So it's very subjective, but like your dating analogy, I think finding an acting class and interfacing with the acting class can be a very personal, very kinesthetic felt spiritual experience of does this teacher speak to me and the sort of artist inside of me or the kid inside of me who needs to play and come out because I'm not accessing that part of me in other parts of my life. I have heard of, um, I haven't personally witnessed this specific thing, but I know for a fact that there's a teacher in LA, there's gotta be more than one who just as an example, tells new students who are um, not looking their most hot in an acting class that this is LA and they need to look hot. And that is an example Mm. of an environment where for me personally, that would not elicit the best kind of work that I would want to explore in my acting training. Just for, I want to speak for me personally, because somebody is getting off the plane in LA and needs to hear that. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know who that person is and maybe they don't, but that's an example of like a very sort of simple established thing that takes place where it's like, this is a business, honey. And you got to, you know, get that skin showing or whatever her, you know, mm-hmm. why are, why aren't you wearing makeup? Whatever her sort of like vibe was. Um, and I know that she, this acting teacher does that with everyone who walks into her acting studio wearing pajamas and no makeup. And so that's mm-hmm. just like a simple thing where I just know if I walk in there, I'm 40. I've been doing this a long time. I just know if I walk in there and I see that I'm not going to stay there. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to question yourself just because you've worked less than me or that you've been an actor for less long than Laura and I have. You also can trust that feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I know it seems like you're there to learn how to do some crazy black magic. And so everybody is speaking a language that you don't understand and you can't trust yourself. You can't. You can trust your taste. You got into this. You are drawn to this thing because you are an artist. Your insides need to come out and they need to come out in a safe space where you can access them and try new things. And you don't need to be around anybody who makes you feel uncomfortable. And we don't have to even agree about objectively what makes you uncomfortable. It's an inside job. 100% of an inside job. Yeah. A good acting class feels safe, but not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, a good acting class feels like it's safe for you to fail. Yep. Don't mistake a feeling of discomfort you get within as a result of the fear that you're not good enough to do it. 
with a mm-hmm. lack of safety <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're different, right? I believe as a teacher and as a longtime student of many, many teachers, some who did this well and some who did not do this at all, mm-hmm. I believe it is my job as a teacher to create a very safe, controlled environment where artists can come and know that they can fuck up and grow from it. Like yeah. make the mistakes, take the big swing. But it's not always going to feel comfortable in my body yep. because it's a scary thing to be so vulnerable. But the, the teacher's job has to create that safe space to be incredibly vulnerable. And that does not mean that a teacher's job is to push someone past their comfort level in an unhealthy, unsafe way. And uh, it can be hard to to explain what that means if you've never sat in an acting class before. If you have sat in an acting class many times, you're probably going to know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, I feel it is it is part of my job to intuitively know when someone is ready to be nudged and when they are not. And it's hard to explain how I know that. I think it's just from being an actor and an acting student for so long but also probably just because I'm an intuitive person, maybe. But it is not therapy. It is not therapy, and it shouldn't take the place of it. And it is not a place to work out one's demons. And for me, in a good acting class, a teacher will know the difference and state it. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. some stuff is coming up um, that may or may not be safe for you to, to delve into right now. You know, you have to take care of yourself in an acting class And a good class has a teacher that will teach you that, that you have to take care of yourself in an acting class. So to that end, a big red flag for me is if I'm sitting in an acting class and a teacher is, you know, to your point, you you called it abuse. I think pushing someone in a way that is not from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Here's another one that I I feel like you're really good at this um, as a teacher which is, I would say most acting teachers direct as teaching. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Major. And here's the thing. It's not a red flag if, in my opinion, if you move to a town where there's only, let's say, three acting studios and all three acting teachers are kind of directory and not really teachery, and I'll describe what I think the difference is, then just, you know, find the one that feels warm. You're going to, you're going to learn stuff, especially if you have less experience. It's all good. It's not, you know, it's on the balance of abuse or acting, teaching as directing. They're two totally different things. That's right. Um, right. And also you're going to work with a ton of directors. So you might as well start now is kind of Mm -hmm. the vibe, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. That being said, my experience is that both as a teacher and as a student and really as an actor on set working with directors, it takes a tremendous amount of humility on the part of the teacher which you cannot evaluate as a student in any sort of meaningful way in a short sample size. It takes a ton of humility to understand that your job as an acting teacher is to sort of, I don't, I wouldn't even say push or pull. I would say your job is that you're in a dark room with the person. And what you're trying to do is show them where to shine their own flashlight so that they Mm -hmm. can see more of their talent, which is somewhere inside of that room. We don't know how big it is. We don't know how big the room is, but we know that the talent is in there somewhere and we know that their flashlight is in their hand. But a lot, a lot, a lot of people who call themselves acting teachers actually have you come in and do work in their class and then they direct the scene. And I just want to be so clear. That's fine. That's a working experience. 
But acting teaching is something else. Acting teaching is what about your taste? What is pulling you to this material? What can, what uh, little technique thing or exercise can I give you? Or what question can I ask you that will give you an idea of something inside of you that I, the teacher, don't even know anything about? Mm-hmm. And that is super hard to do. I have, I have been around a lot of acting teachers. A lot of my friends have become acting teachers. Very few of us are good at this. Mm-hmm. I direct a lot in the workshop that I do at your class mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for this reason. It's just faster to sort of give people that kind of experience. But I would suggest mm-hmm. that somebody who's looking for true acting training, try to find a teacher who doesn't just make the scene quote unquote better after the first run through, but who actually has a way of either speaking or not speaking the artists that you're watching, the work that you're watching into a new, into a new place. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite acting teachers have always been like, what did you set out to do and how do you mm-hmm. think you did? Mm-hmm. Um, because then I'm interacting with me and me, I, I am the instrument. I have to take the instrument. It's not a guitar. I have to take all these thoughts inside my head, all these feelings that I have, all these judgments that I have, and I have to sort of mold them into the next role that I'm going to play. And I need somebody who's going to deflect me back to myself because that's that's what I actually am. Yeah. The directing thing is huge. If you're sitting in a class and the teacher is not talking about your instrument in a technical way, if they're not talking about breath, if they're not talking about impulse, if they're not talking about your uh, actor neutral, if, if they're not telling you how to do script analysis, but just saying, go do it. If you're not being given those tools, if we're not talking about the instrument in a technical way, that to me is a red flag. If they are doing that, that is a that is a big green flag because it is a highly technical job. And so much of it is about habits, habits we have as humans and the habits the characters have as humans, that if we're not talking about our habits and how they serve us or don't, or the character's habits or a process of discovery where you find those habits, right, in a rehearsal, those sorts of things need to be discussed. The best acting classes I've ever been in, that has been true in every single one of them. The way they go about it might be different, but it has to be technical like that. It's interesting that we we open this episode talking about crying because, okay, so can you cry on cue? I couldn't. Not only could I not cry on cue, but in my second year of acting school, when we had a class that was called Breakdown Scenes, where you literally picked a scene from a movie where someone has a freaking breakdown oh. of the maybe 13 to 15 people in my particular group, I was, I believe, the only one that could not cry. So how did I eventually learn to be able to do that? And like we were saying earlier, when I watched the film, the reason I picked that movie because because years prior when I had seen it, I had a breakdown when this scene happened, when I was watching it. <laughs> it's much safer to watch something and cry in the dark by yourself than it is to experience something and have the vulnerability that is required to have that experience in front of an audience or a camera or both. So to that end, acting is highly technical, highly technical. There were technical ways that I was taught to use my body in order that I may be available to cry when it comes. Because the feelings were there, but the tears weren't coming. There was something in the way. And I had to learn technically how to do that. And it took a while. But now I can 
I can go there. And I I can go there very well. It's not, like you said earlier, you alluded to this, like, it's not fake. I'm actually having those feelings. And if the writing was great, then I'm just going to have them because the writing was great. You know, like the the writer's Mm. taking me on that ride. Mm. But if I'm in an acting class and I am being directed all the time, I'm being coached Mm. into a performance. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I want to leave that acting class and be able to practice that on my own. Mm -hmm. I want to be given tools. So technique, as my wonderful teacher, Tony Greco, defines it, one of my wonderful teachers, but most recently I, I go to him, a technique is a series of tools that can be repeated to achieve a goal. So if I'm in an acting class and I'm not being given a series of tools that can be repeated so that I can achieve my goals as an actor, then what am I doing there? Then what exactly mm-hmm. am I doing? I might be having a great time. That's a valid reason for being there. Yeah. See your friends. Yeah. Meeting other yeah, artists. It's a community. Sure. Like there's nothing wrong with any of that. But right. for me, like I knew from the beginning, no, I'm in this for the long haul. I want to be the best. I want to be the best actor on earth. Like yeah, that was yeah. where I was coming from. It's is not going to happen as long as Meryl Streep is alive. Oh, geez. If Meryl dies soon, you know where to look. Okay. This the- is now evidence. This episode <laughs> is evidence. I also want to say this. I think a lot of people think a big green flag is if there are people at the studio that they have seen in TV and film. That means I want to be here because these people are learning whatever. Yeah. And I have to say that that's not necessarily a big green flag. It depends on a lot of factors. So. For me, that's not a deciding factor. In every class I've been in in LA, there are people that are working and there are more people that are not. And that's just the truth. Eventually, most of those people, if they stuck around and kept getting good, started working. I don't think that's a good way to look at it. And I'm saying that specifically because when you don't live in LA or New York, when and I'm in a market that that's not LA or New York and in a town that's not a big film film and TV town, right? We're within this larger market. That can seem, I think, a lot of times like, ooh, that guy's here or that girl's here. So that's what I want. I want what they have. They didn't necessarily get it there. So get curious and uh, and consider many things. Okay. So how do you get the most out of the class once you're in it? Okay. Rapid fire, put up a ton of work. If it's scene study, do a ton of scenes. Just do a ton of scenes. Yeah. When somebody else is working and they're getting feedback, they're interacting with their instrument, you're watching them do the technique, you're watching them do the exercise, you're watching them do the improv, whatever it is that you're there to study, and they're doing it and you're not, be active. Be an active audience member. You should be doing what the teacher says. Yeah. That's right. Pretend that you are them and put yourself in their shoes. And be like, you know, I, I, they're saying, you know, I fell into the trap of really playing the end of the scene is like a thing that you see actors talk about all the time in scene study class. Just as an example, look at your own work. You're into, it's all an inside job. You're, it's like you're at the gym, except like, I don't watch people bench press when I go to the gym, but I go to the I gym do. literally. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't go to the gym. <laughs> I go to the gym to say one thing that you said before, you go there to fail, right? Muscle growth mm-hmm. comes from going to failure, doing enough repetitions mm-hmm. to get to failure. And mm-hmm. then also when you're there, rest is important, right? You have to rest in between sets. You have to be aware of what you're doing. And then even when you're doing a less uh, strenuous thing like stretching, 
in the analogy, that can be when someone else is putting up a scene. You're interacting with your instrument and your sort of insides all the time. Yeah, yeah. I have a teacher that always says how you show up to acting class is probably how you show up to your whole life, right? So I find that really interesting. When I show up to acting class, I want to be fully engaged. I want to be sitting in actor neutral in my chair the whole time. I want to be practicing breathing. You said this. I'm just going to reiterate it. Anytime you're watching a scene and the and the teacher is working on something technical with the actor, if they're asking them to come up with something, if they're asking them to sit and breathe in a certain way, I want to be doing that in my chair every single time. That's how you get the most out of acting class. Trust your teacher. That's why it's so important to pick the right one for you, because you have to trust what they're asking you to do to the extent that you'll try it as long as it's not detrimental or unhealthy or dangerous for you. You also have to trust yourself. If your body's telling you don't do that, don't. You have to speak up and say, I'm not going to do that. Trust your teacher to the extent that if they teach you a tool, something technical, Try it for a while before you decide if it's not for you. Don't just try it in a scene and go, ah, that didn't work. I didn't get it. It doesn't, it's not. Because so much of this can involve resistance to something because it's not what we're used to. And our brain's job is to problem solve and to go like, oh, that doesn't feel good or, oh, that didn't, that's not working right now. So abandon it. Mm -hmm. So for example, if someone is saying, you know, I only want you to work on your breathing in this scene and you just want to get to the scene so bad, like only work on your breathing in the scene. Trust it. Trust it just for this scene and see what happens. I think that's really, really important because my resistance held me back in a lot of ways because I would dismiss certain things because they were really hard and uncomfortable for me. I also think that it is so lovely if you make friends in your acting class. I have in every acting class I've ever attended. I got to a certain point, though, where I had to remember when I was there in order to get the most out of it that that's not why I'm there. Mm -hmm. I am there to learn. I am there to grow. I am not there to make friends. I am not there to look good. I'm not there to, you know, try to control what people are thinking about me or to make people like me. And I, I get the most out of acting classes when I let all of that go and I'm there to, you know, be okay looking kind of like a fool. Yeah, I would say that if you can, if you prioritize your work and your development to your taste, because that's all you have, if you are, are constantly being sort of folded back into your taste of your own work and and you, how you're interacting with your instrument feels like that relationship is growing. The one thing I'll say as an addendum to what you're saying, and the, it was the last thing I wrote down for how do you get the most out of it, is that especially if you're in a smaller city where you don't have a ton of teaching options, and let's say you go to a teacher where you're like, this person's, you know, their heart's in the right place. One thing that's really good about a studio that because all the studios will be imperfect. One thing that's really great about being in a studio and sort of committing to being there is that you're interacting with people who make stuff mm -hmm. or you're interacting with future collaborators. Mm -hmm. And so if I was given the choice between if both, you know, if, if I was, if I was 18 again and I was talking to my younger self and I was saying, you have two options, both are safe. You could be at a studio where your teacher is some 
master teacher who's really good specifically at teaching, not directing, but you're not going to connect with any of the other students. Like you, for some reason, you're not mm-hmm. going to connect with any of them. Or you can be with a, a teacher who is really sweet and safe and nice to be around, but mostly just directs the scenes, but you're going to connect with like five people who like making stuff. It would be a tough choice for me. Let me just put it that way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also yeah. think that like, if you're, if you're here to be a professional and you're not going to move somewhere where there's a ton of film schools and uh, filmmaking filmmakers, mm-hmm. then those people end up being the people that you write your shows with and you make your shorts with and you do your plays with, et cetera, et cetera. And that I'm just saying that it could be as equal mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a takeaway from the class because those people are hard to meet in certain places without either getting acting jobs or going to the acting studios. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I have one last thing that I wrote down, which is practice Great. outside of class. Yeah. To get the most out of your acting class, practice outside of class. And that doesn't necessarily mean rehearse with your partner outside of class, though that can mean that. For me, that means if you have four classes a month, if it's a once a week class, and yep. you're going to get up twice a month, let's say. Let's even give it the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you get up every single week and you work for an That'd be a lot. hour. Yeah. That would be a lot. Right. But max, you're working for four hours a month in class. Max. Most people aren't doing that much. Yeah. That is not a practice. Yeah. That's a less than a hobby. I have hobbies that I do more than that. That's right. Yeah. 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 And it is okay. Yeah. To do that. That is not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you would like to grow at a rate that is not a snail's pace, then Practice what you're learning in class, outside of class. So much of acting is just being comfortable in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So much of acting is just being. Paying attention to outside of class, what you're paying attention to inside of class, and having a practice. When a musician learns an instrument, you know, you don't just play jazz, which is the only thing I've ever been able to liken acting to in the other performing arts. It feels like what I imagine jazz feels like to play. When I'm doing my best work, I am in that flow, but I learned, I had to learn the scales. I had to learn music theory in order to do that, right? If I'm an amazing musician, that stuff is our scales. So I can't expect to be an incredible actor and have great success if I'm not willing to do that outside of class. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And you can also be working and watching a movie. You just have to put on your acting student hat and be like, I'm going to stay outside of this movie to see what these people are doing. Totally. I and- Do you find that you have to put on a different hat? Because I do. Like, I don't watch as a teacher. Yeah. I'm such a willing audience member. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Thanks for the question, Ruthie. Thank you so much, Ruthie. Such a great question. Good luck on your uh, acting development journey. Ruthie and all the rest of you. Ruthie, that was a fantastic question. Keep those questions coming, guys. You can go to theactorshelpline.com, click on the little microphone. You don't have to sign up for anything. You It, it asks for your email. You don't even have to put it in. You can if you want. We're not going to email you. Just ask the question. We have been getting incredible questions. We are we have. so, so grateful. Thank we you. Have. Keep them coming. And you can ask a million questions doesn't just have to be one guys doesn't just, we've had some repeat offenders and it's really nice thank you we'll get yeah. to you people have also been hitting us on in, uh, hitting us up on instagram at the actors helpline or our individual instagrams which we're not going to go into because it's too much but i if i want to hear i was thinking when you were talking laura uh in this episode mm-hmm. about 
like we were throwing a little shade on some acting teachers in this episode, which we have to do because there are some crappy ones out there. And I just want to say, if you want to DM us with a story that you don't want your voice attached to, we, you can trust mm. us. You, you probably shouldn't trust us, but you actually can trust us <laughs> that we're not going to divulge. We will read your question or we'll have one of our actor friends, not fucking AI, read it for the show and it'll be <laughs> someone else's voice. And we'll get into the dirty shit if you want to talk about like, I'll give you an example. One thing I thought of was um, in scene study class, how do you rehearse a kiss? Mm. in scene study class how do you and we can get into this stuff if you guys want to ask it you don't have to put your voice on it you can message us and we'll uh there's a lot of icky stuff about our job that we can get into <gasps> i need to say or just saw a ghost <laughs> i think a major red flag is when a teacher is assigning scenes and they assign highly sexual scenes that is a major red flag for me i agree with that if you're not assigning them, if you want to do a highly sexual scene in class and that's your bag and like you have a scene partner that's down and that's permitted in your class or whatever, encouraged, that's great. There's no harm, no foul. But if someone's assigning scenes and they're assigning you makeout scenes, yikes. Yikes. And just also you that. don't you don't need to like do a sex scene. I just tell you for hand to God as a person who has walked this road, you do not need to do a sex scene in an acting class in order to be better at it on set. No, don't you well, dare. Well, we should do. They're a not allowed in mine. They're not allowed in my class. I'm like, I don't want to see you guys dry humping. Get out of here. That is not something you practice. You don't need to practice that stuff in here. It's not going to help have it be less awkward when you do it on the job. I promise. We you. actually stay tuned because we have some. We have a number of questions on the helpline currently about intimacy. And intimate scenes. So stay tuned, friends. We'll get it's to true. That. You know what else I want to say? I want to implore people. Now I'm jumping back to the end. I really, I have a desire to do full episodes like you're talking about, where we just play people's stories or we read them. They want to be anonymous, but we read all these anonymous stories. Like totally. I'm, I, and I think that pe like we're getting the best questions. They're all very technical. You guys, we're also open to you being like. Have you ever kissed someone and really enjoyed it in a yeah. movie? Like that stuff or, um, you know, what's your worst audition story? And we'll, we are down for whatever. So don't be afraid to just ask whatever you want to ask because the absolute worst thing that happens is we'll shame you live on this podcast for us. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm just no, kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll just cut like that out. Just like your least so, favorite acting coach. <laughs> the worst Thing that could possibly happen from you asking a question is that we might not use it. Like that's the worst thing. So ask anything you want to ask. We are here for you. Let's have yep. some fun. We're here for you. We're here for you on the helpline. Helpline's here for you. Helpline hub. Social media. Social media. You can find us there. I talked about it. Yeah. Oh, do you have social yeah. media? Do you have social media? Oh, not to brag, right. but yes, I do. Well, you can find us on social media. We have it too. <laughs> you already did that, huh? Let's get the hell out of here. We gotta I'm go. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. We gotta, oh my God, you shithouse.